Hello and welcome to the Art of Adoption podcast, a place to share and listen to stories about adoption and to raise awareness and remove any stigma surrounding adoption. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people about how foster care and or adoption has uniquely shaped each of them as they share the good, the not so good, and the art of it all. I am your host, Amber White. Hello. Happy Monday. Is January over yet? Because I swear that thing took forever. No, I know what it is. And do you know how I know? Because I watched the boring Super Bowl last night. Guys, that thing was super boring. Not just the actual game, but also the halftime show was boring. And so were the commercials this year. I got to say, totally unimpressed. And I'm especially unimpressed about who won. Sorry, not sorry. Also, what's happening in the Midwest? I was looking at pictures of frost or ice coming through peepholes and outlets. Outlets! Get it together, Midwest! (laughs) But in all seriousness, that sucks. And I'm so sorry you guys are dealing with this crazy polar vortex right now. And I hope it ends soon. I have reached over 1,000 downloads, and that is pretty exciting for little old me. So thank you all for tuning in. I also wanted to let you guys know that I am going to get episodes out on my own pace instead of one every Monday. I'm just a one-woman operation here on top of taking care of three kids, a household, and trying to get my booty back into shape. Um, But they will still be consistent probably not on one specific day each week, at least for now. But get this. If you go now and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen, you will never miss an episode. So go now. I'll wait. (laughs) So do you want to share your story or do you know someone else who does? If so, there are plenty of ways to reach me. You can find me on Facebook at The Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can also email me anytime at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com or listen anywhere you already listen to podcasts or by going to www.artofadoptionpod.com. If you want to leave a comment or have a question about anything, you can also leave a message by calling 720 722 2839 and you may hear your question answered on the show. Today you will hear from my friend Ashley. When Ashley was five years old she was adopted but this isn't the adoption story you typically think of meaning it's most likely not what comes to mind when you hear about adoption. This is a story about step-parent adoption. Today you will hear from Ashley, her sister Crystal, and her parents, Liz and Steve. We have a full house today. And just a heads up, the sound quality is not the best. I was having issues with Skype and dropping calls left and right, so there are some pretty significant sound quality differences that you will notice. But you still won't lose the story, at least. Yesterday, there 
In order to get the full picture, we'll take it back to the beginning. Well, almost the beginning. Here's Ashley. So when my mom was pregnant with me, my biological dad had a girlfriend. And so she found out, I believe, when my mom was seven months pregnant with me. And he was highly abusive. And so when she called him out on it, he tried to run her over with the car and a bunch of crazy things. She actually went to work one day and came home and he stole everything out of their apartment, including all of my baby stuff. She didn't really see him past that, even though... They each lived with their parents who lived across the street from each other at that point then. So they saw each other, but didn't see each other. He wasn't around probably until I think from like seven months to the day I was born. And he tried to come back and say he wanted to be part of her life. Um, but he came back to the hospital with hickeys all over his neck and said, can you please tell everybody that you did this? I'm coming home. That ended up being a no-go. My first husband left while I was pregnant with Ashley. That's Liz, Ashley's mom. So I never really wanted it to be that we weren't part of a family. That was always just my goal. When I was about three months old, I think my mom went started kind of dating. She actually started dating my dad. When I was like three to five months old, I think, they knew each other from high school. When Steve and I were even dating, there was a time when, you know, he was like, well, I, I'm never getting married. I'm never having a house. I'm never having a yard. I'm never having a dog. And so I just thought that if I ever wanted it to be that we were part of a family, that I would have to pick somebody who also wanted that. So I, when we broke up for, I don't know, maybe for maybe two weeks, it wasn't very long. And then when he came to the house, he asked me if I would marry him. And I thought he, I told him, you know, don't pretend. And he says, no, 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 I'm not kidding. And he wasn't because on February 9th, 1992, they got married at St. Timothy's Church in Littleton, Colorado. And a sparkly shimmer on our skin. So, like I said, I was basically with him, I think, since I was like five months old and with Crystal, my sister. And here's Crystal. Well, I was four when my dad and Liz started dating. So I really didn't remember before then. To me, she was always my sister. The words stepmother, stepsisters or stepchild have always come with a stigma attached to them. And I blame Disney. For some reason, they decided to make the word evil linked to the term stepmother or stepsister. Evil stepmother? Evil stepsisters? Doesn't it just roll off your tongue? So it's no wonder that when people hear those titles that they immediately go there. Liz and Steve had decided from the start that the word step wasn't even going to exist in their dialogue at home. Once we got married, it was always our plan that we would raise the girls as siblings, that we would never do the step this or the step that. I never think of Crystal that way, and, and I never introduce her that way. And, you know, for a while she struggled, I think, with even how to, how to introduce me. I just started telling people, I'm her third parent. I'm, you know, there's such an, oftentimes such a negative connotation with a step-parent or a step-child, and I didn't feel that way, and you'll never hear me introduce Crystal that way. I asked Liz and Steve why they decided to do an official adoption of Ashley. 
For all intents and purposes, he was already her dad. The only dad that was there from pretty much the beginning and the only dad she knew and loved. The way it evolved into we're going to move to this full adoption was we were having our taxes done. The accountant was like, okay, so you're an alley and you're an alley and Crystal's an alley. And of course, Ashley was still a McKay, which was my maiden name. I don't know what the laws are now, but they had to be married for a year before my dad could officially petition to adopt me. They also had to publicly post it so that if my biological dad or any of my family members on that side wanted to um, protest it, that they could. As of today, before the step-parent can file for adoption in Colorado, they must be married to the bio-parent and be at least 21 years old. It didn't say, or I couldn't find anywhere that said they had to be married for a year, so I don't know if that's changed or not. But the step-parent must also make sure that the non-custodial birth parent has either voluntarily consented to um, their parent-child legal relationship being terminated or that legal grounds exist to involuntarily terminate their parental rights. The court will also make a best interest determination based on many factors like family stability, the child's emotional ties and interaction with all of the parties, the child's living situation, the child's age, and the mental and physical health of the step-parent and other party. The step-parent needs to prove by clear and convincing evidence that being adopted is in the best interest of the child. They must also perform several criminal and human service background checks, and the courts will always put the health and needs of the child first before considering any adoption. And here is Ashley's dad, Steve, talking about going through all of that to officially adopt her. I just remember having to get juice to sign the thing, what a pain in the ass it was. But it was, you know, something we were definitely going to do. So, and, and I mean, it all worked out good, but it, it sucked, that whole process. I felt like her dad without that. It was just the right thing to do, I think. I asked Ashley if her bio family on that side had any objections. He did sign the paperwork, which was almost was a fight. My mom and my sibling's mom almost got into a major fight over it. But basically, once he was threatened with all the years of back child support, he signed the paperwork. And well, and the family really did it. His his girlfriend or maybe even wife at the time, she wanted him to fight or whatever. And once my dad said, we're going to just take you to court then for all the back child support. And my mom basically said, and then we're still probably not going to let you see her. (laughs) He signed the paperwork over. And they had a notary waiting in the car, so they did it all right there at the house. Now, going back to Ashley realizing that her name was different than the rest of her families. So Ashley was four, and who knew that during taxes she was listening? So after we left there, about two days later, she goes, Mommy, why am I a McKay and the rest of you are Allie's? And Crystal is an Allie, like my daddy. She says, well, why don't I have daddy's name? In that moment, four-year-old Ashley was probably feeling a bit of disconnect to the three people that she loved the most in the entire world. You see, a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. The name sets the individual apart. 
A name can be important to someone because it tells a story about them. And then just at that moment, it kind of came to me. I always tell people it was a God thing because I said, but when we can, you're going to marry your daddy too. I was always my dad, but the way they presented it was a wedding. So my dad and I basically got married is how we, how they celebrated it. My grandpa gave me away to my dad because he was there from day one. And then it was this huge, big ordeal. We had a troll wedding toppers and <laughs> it was super fun. My sister had the last name, my mom and dad had the last name, and so what was huge for me is that all four of us had the same last name. During the adoption process, Steve had to write and present to the judge all of the reasons why he wanted to adopt Ashley. So at their adoption slash wedding ceremony, he presented those exact vows to Ashley directly. I just didn't know any other way to make sure that we were unified as a, as a family. And that made sense to us. The adoption part made sense to us and the wedding made it made sense to us. And, and, to, a four, and to a four-year-old and a five-year-old when it finally happened, it really made sense. And so she used to tell people, I got to marry my daddy. You know, we just kind of hung out at our place afterwards. And, you know, it was, it was really cool. We took pictures and, you know, yeah, it was a lot, just like a wedding. It was pretty cool. A lot of little girls say they want to marry their daddies when they are little. I think the way they chose to represent the adoption this way not only was unique and creative, it was a way in which a five-year-old could understand its significance. Crystal was eight or nine years old when this ceremony took place. I asked her what she remembers most about that day. I would say that the only thing that I remember being a little upset about, and now I look back and it was actually brilliant, but I was a little, I would say, jealous that day. But after that, I just went along as normal. And, you know, I never felt differently after the adoption, just because I always considered her my sister and my dad, her dad, since her dad, he was never in the picture. But I remember thinking, well, why don't I get a wedding with my dad, you know? They did their best to include Crystal in the wedding, too. She got to also dress up in a fancy dress, get her hair done, and walked down the quote-unquote aisle like a bridesmaid would in a wedding. And as Crystal actually got to do again when Ashley got married, of course, many years later. And speaking of, while talking with Ashley, she had a bit of an aha moment regarding her name, which is still legally Allie, even after 10 years of marriage and two kids. And I don't even know if it's maybe subconsciously, because even after 10 years of marriage, I still haven't changed my last name. So I don't know if it's just, and I always like, it's such a pain, but I don't know if it's because I feel like it took, it was like such a process for me to get that name. And so I just, after two kids and like I said, 10 years of marriage, I still haven't changed it, but I think there is some significance there to it. 
I told Crystal what Ashley had said about not changing her last name yet and if she agrees with her or not. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal when her last name changed to Allie, you know, for her more so. And I think for my dad, too. He was always her dad. You know, it was the only dad she ever knew or had. And so I think it was also a good thing, a big thing for him that that she then shared his last name. Wow. I didn't even think of that side of it. Names are stories. They're blessings. They're dreams for your future. They predict your path and they celebrate who you are. Names are powerful. Ashley's bio grandparents from both sides lived across the street from each other. So she actually grew up seeing her younger siblings and they her. Her cousins from each side actually wrestled together too. So she was often surrounded by her paternal biological family members. So how my siblings have always, or really any of the kids in the family have talked about me was almost like I was a ghost because my pictures were on the wall. They could see me playing outside. But they were told not to talk to me because they thought they knew how my mom felt about it. Things changed once I got older. She let me make my own decisions about that. And I kept her standards up basically for myself. But they just talked. They said that it was like I was a ghost. So when they were around me, they would like stare or whatever. But they knew not to talk to me. And me, I was nervous. I was afraid. Once I found out how many siblings I had... And also having Crystal my whole life, I was worried about her being affected by me having new relationships with not only my half-siblings, but, you know, they were my biological siblings. I felt like that was a big change for her and I that went from her and I to me having now four other siblings. I asked Crystal what her thoughts were about Ashley meeting her biological siblings and how she felt. Never. I I remember when she first kind of started calling him sister and brother, I was just kind of like, hey, like, I put in that (laughs) 20 whatever years, like, you know, but, um, but now, you know, I just, I'm totally comfortable with it. I think I was like 12 when I finally made the decision to meet them. Both my parents were super open about it. Once I was old enough to ask questions, my parents would both say, you do you want to meet them you do you want we'll take you over there your daddy will take you to meet them um you can meet your biological dad if you're ready it was always very open um but knowing who he was i was afraid to be around him at first i was just worried about her that she was going to get mistreated again because they there had already been comments and she had already had concerns about when we would see them and, you know, they would kind of obviously be talking about her. And so initially that was my worry. And because her bio dad's mom, so her bio grandma, she had already said some hurtful things about Ashley. Um, so I was initially, yeah, just worried that, that they would set her up and, and kind of hurt her feelings and reject her or something. I just was worried. I didn't know. So it ended up going okay. I'm glad at how it worked out because she eventually just kind of stayed in touch with all of the kids and all the kids are awesome. And we have, you know, I even have my own relationship with all of them. 
Ashley had been in contact with her siblings over the years, but it wasn't until a cousin of hers was getting married this past July, 2018, that she would end up being in the same room with her bio dad. I asked her to tell me about that experience. It was a total shit show because I felt we were supposed to meet before. I had initiated it. I was sick of being in my own head and being afraid of him. And just hearing what my siblings have told me about him, A, I know he kind of changed, not that I was like wanting a relationship, but I wasn't afraid. I knew what I had was positive. And I reached out to him through one of my cousins and we were supposed to meet while he completely chickened out. And so finally, two nights before the wedding, I texted him basically just saying, hey, if we're going to do this, my kids weren't invited to the wedding, so that helped. But we need some boundaries and this is how I want the wedding to go down until we meet and please don't talk to me. So there was no contact, even at the wedding. But it was the first time all my siblings and all the cousins and the grandparents were in one room at the same time. Everybody was great. My siblings were, including, I have a little sister who's 14, and this is probably the closest we've ever gotten. Everyone was super, super excited, except for my grandma. I went to hug her, and she turned and walked away from me. And I thought it was a fluke. Maybe she missed me somehow. So I tried again, and then finally I realized she's really trying to ignore you. <laughs> and so I stopped trying to, trying to talk to her. And a few months later, I was actually told that she told the family that I was dead to her. Ouch. That couldn't have been easy to hear. Luckily, Ashley has such an amazing family that it didn't even shake her too much. So for me, since I had such a a good family, besides my siblings and my cousins, everybody else was just a bonus. I already had good grandparents and good aunts and uncles. Ashley's bio-grandmother is illiterate. She can only write her name and that's it. Therefore, she couldn't read the text that Ashley had sent to her bio dad. So Ashley wonders what he told her it said. She wonders if he lied about it and possibly that is why she was treated so poorly at the wedding. So what did the text say that Ashley sent? It's actually very kind. I told him, I don't mind if you meet my kids. We just need to figure out what they're going to call you because it's obviously not grandpa. There needs to be some boundaries in place because I'm not going to miss my niece's birthdays or Christmas or whatever it is because you're there anymore. And I also told them, my parents didn't just tell me bad things about you. I knew you were, you know, a stud football player and wrestler. So it wasn't just a negative text. It was very positive, but this that we needed some boundaries. And the fact that that's how she responded makes me think that he probably didn't tell her the truth. Or if he did, then she was still pissed off. She wants me to have a relationship, and so she can't control it, so she's mad. And what was his response to her texts? He said he agrees that he did want to meet up eventually. Basically, he was proud of me for having a voice because he didn't feel like he could have a voice with his dad because I guess he was abusive early on in his childhood. But that was basically it. And now he is refusing to meet me again. (laughs) So... It is what it is. Ashley doesn't regret reaching out. She has a wonderful relationship with her siblings and their kids, her nieces and nephews. 
her cousins, and other family members as well. But she wishes she would have reached out sooner than she did. So I asked what she would have done differently. I would say not waiting so long, not letting fear make me wait to do everything. Because I feel like I missed out a lot on my siblings' lives, my cousins' lives, family traditions, because they are Hispanic. So some of the traditions of that, like making tamales and, you know, things like that, I feel like I missed out on because I was too afraid. You know, so I think that's what I would change, just not letting fear stop me from meeting those people. So I would not change not meeting my bio dad, but definitely change not meeting my siblings for so long. My cousins, though, on my biological dad's side and my siblings have really pulled through because, like, one of my sisters is really a daddy's girl. She could not like me because she did not understand why I would not want to be a part of her dad's life because she loved him so much. So the fact that now that we're all older and how close we've all come together and my cousins have basically told the older generations, like, she's ours, you know? Like, if you don't want to be with her or love her, that's fine, but she's our core. I have heard stories about siblings reconnecting after years apart or after having never met and noticing similarities that cannot be denied to be inherent traits or quirks, if you will. One of my sisters looks a lot like me, the same one that has the same birthday. So there's two other moms and, and my mom same dad, but we all would laugh at the, tr- like, disinherent inherent traits because it was, like, this, just weird things, you know, and we'd be like, oh, my gosh, you do that, too, you know, things that we could not have ever known about each other being a part our whole, you know, most of our lives are just funny, and even now we still see it, and we're like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny that you, like, Like, we all love beer salt, just plain beer salt in our hand. And it's, you know what I'm saying? So it's just really funny. Just in like something, I can't remember when we were little, it was like something worried about pancakes and we all were the same. Um, Just really weird things. And we're noticing it even more. How fascinating. I also find it fascinating, though, how much nurture plays a part in our connections as well. It's like watching God or the universe work to fit all of the pieces together just right. How many times have you seen a family with an adopted child who looks just like their non-biological parents or acts like them? I mean, even Ashley's daughter looks like she could be Crystal's daughter. She also acts just like Crystal, even though there is no genetics connecting them whatsoever. They don't need DNA or genes to determine their bonds. Blood is not always thicker than water, and the word step has no place in their lives. Even like in the hospital, the nurse, my, my sister was having her baby, was like, well, how was your labor? And I told her, and my sister looked at her and laughed. I'm like, well, technically, I guess we're not even biologically related. That's things we don't even think about. You know, never crosses our minds. You know, so I just think we're so connected. It's just so weird. So to me, not that step is derogatory at all. But for me, it is because we just weren't raised like that. And even my mom, we, we, if she introduces herself, I'm Crystal's third parent. And that brings me to this week's Could You Not? Or at least one of them. For Ashley and her family, of course, it is using the word step. They like to take it out completely or use the word bonus parent or third parent instead. I asked her how she handles it or if she corrects people. She said she does. But some will still use the term step, 
even after knowing. And it's especially hurtful when that happens. Steve and Liz also have a could you not experience that he still thinks about to this day. The hardest part I had was, um, and Liz will remember, I was at the, we were at the hospital or a doctor or something, the hospital, I think. But she was older and they were talking about her medical history, da da da, all this stuff. And the doc looks at me and says, Are you her real father? Did you catch that? The doctor asked, Are you her real father? And I was like, Yeah. I'm her father, and then I could see what he was looking like, like you're her real dad, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm her stepdad or whatever, and I, you know, I looked at Ashley, and it was like I gut punched her. It was the most horrible thing ever. What a stupid doctor, you know, to put me in that, in that spot. I was like, what the hell? And uh, it was horrible. I don't think everybody thinks about blended families the way we do. We, we're so passionate about when, when we say we're a blended family, we're not, we're not playing. We, we are family. And I don't, and because not everybody thinks that way, Steve was so mad at the doctor for putting him in that position because the, the guy was looking for genetics, but Steve was so mad that the doctor put him in that position. But I told Steve, most people don't think about it like we do. It's sacred to us. But I would say definitely for adopted parents is to be ready for that. Have, have yeah. that plan and how you're going to handle that. Because I didn't. And it was, you know, I hadn't even thought of, ever thought about that. And, like, I would rather have said, yeah, I'm her father. I adopted her. It's my choice to, you know, have her as my daughter. That actually would have been fine. I would have been okay. The doctor would have got his information. Part of why I'm doing this podcast is to help raise awareness around this stuff. A huge part of that is bringing attention to the best and least offensive verbiage to use. I know a lot of the time it's just ignorance. I had it too, and I still do about stuff I'm not even aware of, I'm sure. But once you know better, you do better. And that is all you can do. You stand beside me. Ashley's entire family holds their family bond close to their chest. Steve and Liz could not be happier that their daughters chose partners that also believe in and value these family ties. And Crystal herself is a bonus mommy now, and she has learned a lot about creating a positive environment around blended family structures from Liz. I will say that Liz was always, she was the leader in our family to keep that family unit together. So she made sure that we knew that stepsister wasn't an option and stepdaughter for, you know, I I wasn't, I'm not her stepdaughter. She's my third parent or bonus parent as a lot of people are using now. She created that culture where I didn't say stepsister or if I did, probably when I was little, you know, she would just correct me or, or, you know, not even correct me. She would say your sister. And so that just, it was a natural thing. And I'm so glad for that. I think it's important that in those situations that there is somebody, especially with really young kids, that clarifies that and decides early on what the end story is going to be and kind of create that along the way. God gave Steve to Ashley and I and Ashley and I to Steve and Crystal. 
when you decide that you are going to marry somebody who has children, you you truly have to believe in your heart that the blend is sacred. I think this is such a healthy approach to the entire blended family that they have chosen and created. I want to say thank you so much to the entire Alley clan for taking time out to interview and share your story. And as always, you can find me on Facebook at the Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can also email me anytime at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a comment or have a question about anything, you can leave a message by calling 720-722-2839. And you may hear your question answered on the show. The theme song, Forever Home, was written and produced by David Other. Find him on Facebook or at davidother.com. Artwork, production, and editing of this show is done by me, Amber Way. Tune in next time for another unique story and please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy what you hear, tell your friends about it and please rate and review me on iTunes. Family is family, whether it's one you start out with, the one you end up with, or the family you gain along the way. Have a wonderful week. Goodbye.